Hello and welcome to ABB Decoded, the podcast that tries to press pause on our fast-moving lives and to make sense of the technology and trends that are shaping our world. I'm your host, Anthony Rowlinson, and we're joined for this episode by Stoffel van Dorn, the reigning ABB Formula E world champion. Van Dorn, who is Belgian, has for several years been one of the leading competitors in the all-electric motorsport series and last year crowned an already highly successful career with his first world title. Racing this year with the DS Penske team, Van Dorn, an ABB ambassador, has endured a challenging start to the season, but as you'll hear during this conversation, the intensity of the competition in the ABB FIA Formula E World Championship came as no surprise. Indeed, as Van Dorn notes, fighting for victory against a bunch of the world's top racing drivers, each equipped with similar all-electric race cars, is one of the strongest appeals of this unique motorsport championship. I'm Stoffel van Dorn, 30 years old, and I'm driving for DS Penske in Formula E. Now, obviously, you are reigning world champion in ABB Formula E. Um, I'd like to start, if you don't mind, by taking you back to last season, which was uh, quite a dramatic season, the end of Gen 2. You had quite a stealthy approach all the way through, and you ended up as, as world champion. So could you just talk us through a bit about the last season? Yeah, last, last year was really um, yeah, a great season for me. Um, you know, obviously getting away with a world championship doesn't happen every year, but I would say kind of the season as a whole was um, was very, very consistent. And I would say that consistency is kind of the word that um, comes into a lot of people's minds when they uh, when they think about my season. So uh, um, I think I've been on the podium eight or nine times during the year, uh, had a victory in Monaco, which, um, you know, might be biased, but for me it was, it was the best one to win during the year uh, you know it's monaco it's always got this special heritage about it um the special buzz and um and it's also kind of a, a home race for me so yeah that was really a, a highlight of my season but then yeah i i really enjoyed the year to be honest because it, it was all about you know scoring the maximum amount of points but it was also a very great fight between like four consistent drivers it was jeff uh, Mitch Evans and Edo were kind of the, you know, I myself obviously were kind of the four, the four main guys all the way through the year, and that's something I, I personally really enjoyed. Is is you know that competition, that pressure on your shoulders every weekend to, uh, yeah, to to have to perform. It seemed like you took quite a stealthy approach to the championship, almost as if you had your eye on the the big prize, not necessarily winning every battle every day, every session, but you definitely seem to have your eye on winning the championship. Is that fair? That's pretty fair to say. I think, um, you know, if I were in a different position in, in some races, like London, maybe New York, where I was running second and, and very closely behind the, the leader, maybe I would have tried something to to win that race. But looking at the bigger picture, it was, you know, absolutely necessary to score those points and to to not take that risk. So, yeah, maybe not the most amount of victories, but, um, you know, I always had a championship in mind and, and especially when I kind of had a little bit of a healthy lead, I just couldn't afford to make a mistake and, and give that up. So, um, yeah, sometimes it was better to, uh, to look at the bigger picture. You had the slightly unusual experience of winning the world championship and then your team leaving the championship, Mercedes EQ, they decided not to compete in Formula E this year. How does that affect you as a driver? To be fair... You know, the good thing was that everyone knew the news about Mercedes leaving quite quite early on. So we kind of knew it with one year in advance. And I would say that gave me the opportunity to just focus on, on my job and to, you know, already 
early on start um, negotiating contracts for the season after. So I actually had a contract with with Jaspenski fairly early on in the season, which uh, made it very easy for me to just focus on on what I had to do. And uh, everyone in the team, despite you know Mercedes pulling out at the end of the season, was uh, was still very very motivated and wanted to absolutely finish on a high and and repeat what we did the year before was winning both world championships and uh, yeah that's exactly exactly what we what we managed so uh, yeah it was it, it was great to be honest you know to not have any contract pressure as well on your shoulders whilst you're fighting for uh, for a championship going out with a bang in a way winning winning both titles and then saying Definitely, goodbye yeah <laughs> before we get into gen 3 and the season ahead i'd like to just ask you about how you got to this point in your career because not every driver does formula e a lot of drivers follow a different path but you've come to Formula E, ABP Formula E, and, and, and you've enjoyed great success. But how did you get here? Yeah, I mean, I've obviously gone through a lot of motorsport series. Um, first of all, the junior series, then kind of got picked up by McLaren in GP2, which uh, which I won as well, the championship. Did a stint in Japan, actually, in Super Formula, which was quite an experience as well. And then I, I ended up doing two years in Formula 1 with, uh, with McLaren. That didn't go to plan. You know, it was obviously not my, my two greatest years that I had in... Uh, in motorsport for, you know, for many reasons, let's say, you know, the car at the time was maybe not, uh, not, uh, not the best one. Um, and it was, it was very, two difficult years, but that gave me the opportunity to join Mercedes in, in Formula E. I remember when, you know, I first got on the phone with Toto, he said, look, we're going into Formula E. It's going to be a completely new project for us. We're going to start to do it with HWA. Um, and then we'll transition into a, a fully uh, manufactured team the year after. So, uh, I decided I wanted to, you know, to take on that challenge. And it, and it was very difficult in the beginning. You know, the first year was with HWA, which was a, a brand new team. They, they already ran uh, Mercedes cars in the DTM, actually, but they had no experience in Formula E. So the first couple of races were definitely, uh, yeah, kind of a lot of head scratching and, and not really knowing what was going on. Um, because this championship is, is so particular in the way the way you run a race weekend already, it's everything happening in one day, uh, two practice sessions, one qualifying, one race. There's really no time to, to really analyze anything about, about data. And, and it's not like you can build a weekend, you have to come prepared. And, and we definitely were not prepared when we started this journey. But, uh, you know, we had some incredibly clever people on board, a lot of experienced guys from Formula One even and from other racing series. And slowly we kind of, you know, build up the team from scratch. And uh, yeah, I think the rest is, is kind of history. You know, we, we had four successful years with, uh, with Mercedes and uh, a lot of victories and, and a lot of championships. And Toto Wolff, just to explain for some listeners who might not know, is uh, Toto Wolff the boss of the Mercedes Formula One empire and other various motorsport interests? Yeah. Exactly, yeah. Just going back to your point about Formula E, ABB Formula E being a very unique championship, could you explain some of those differences, again, to a, to a listener who might not be aware of how electric motor racing is different from conventional motor racing? What are the challenges that you face? So I would say early in, in my career, when, when you kind of go through the, the junior ranks, every step you make is kind of, it's kind of logical, you know, because every car you go to, it's got a bit more power, got a bit more downforce, got better tires, better brakes. So basically when you step up, you, you know, you can brake a bit later, you go a bit faster through the corners and you have a bit more power. You then get to Formula E and suddenly everything is different. First of all, it's an electric car. So that gives a complete different feeling on braking just because of the energy that we are recuperating under the braking. I would say that was the biggest 
thing to get used to is to the, the feeling of the brake pedal because it just doesn't feel really connected to the car let's say you know there's a lot of software be involved behind these cars and i remember that was just the biggest um, the biggest change then we have the tires that are completely different because they're all weather compound they you know they work in the dry they work in the wet so there's only one one compound for those but then i would say that you know the basics still remain the same it's still a racing car um, you know, we're racing on street circuits, so very narrow margins, and, and you still got to drive it as fast as possible. It's just the feeling of the car is, uh, is completely different. And obviously we have a lot of these very intense street circuits. They're not always on streets, but street-style circuits, tight chicanes, tight corners, and a very uh, strong driver grid. Um, so the intensity of the racing is, is very high. Does, does that affect the way you go about your, your racing as well? Is it very, very tight competition all the time? It feels that way. It's a very tough championship, um, mainly because of the, the regulations of the car. It means that the differences between all the teams are extremely small. And on top of that, you've probably got one of the strongest grids in, in motorsport. If you, if you look at it, you know, all the drivers that are in Formula E, they've won a lot of championships in the past. They've got experience in Formula One, Le Mans, other, you know, big motorsport events. So, Everyone is hugely experienced and it's very tough to go up against uh, the strong drivers, but it's something that I personally enjoy very much because you know when you do a good job and, and you know, you come out on top, then yeah, you've definitely done a, an incredibly good job. So that's, yeah, that's always nice. And the circuits are challenging. They're, like you said, they're always street circuits, tight chicanes. Um, the management of the race is, is very complex with the energy management we have to do. And everyone is so close to the limit, so you know, the competition is, uh, is extremely high. You mentioned energy management there. That's an interesting aspect, in particular for ABB. What does that mean in a racing car? And when people hear like lift and coast, what, what does that mean? Again, to a non-expert, what does that mean? In, uh, how does that affect your driving? What are you doing? So basically, we've got a, a battery capacity, which is not necessarily enough to get us to the end of the race. So they make the race longer to, to make it tough for everybody to get to the end. So that means we have to do management in the car, which means that we, we can't go flat out on, on every straight. It means that we have to lift to a certain degree to, to be able to make it to, to the end of the race. That aspect is actually bringing a lot of action to, to Formula E. Um, a lot of overtakings happen that way, and it keeps the race very, very close together because the cars that we, we're having, they're able to follow each other very, very closely. Those energy management, usually we, we prepare them in the simulator beforehand. So they're, you know, we don't, we don't have any time almost when we get to the circuit to, to really optimize that. So it's, it's really all about the work we do in the simulator and kind of prepare that system before we hit the, hit the track. And then, then it's up to the drivers, to be honest, to kind of fine tune that whilst, uh, whilst we're racing. So there's a bit of, um, you know, you have to be able to be dynamic within the car as well. And sometimes that's what can make a big difference. It sounds, from what you're saying, as if uh, you're probably having to bring an awful lot of your racing experience to this championship. You're 30 now, you're probably kind of at the peak of your career in some ways, winning world championships. Do you feel you have to bring everything you've got to the table in every race? I definitely do. You know, these cars are so technical, not only from the energy management point of view, but um, there's the whole car setup, there's the, the tyre usage, which, um, which is quite particular for this, this championship. We don't have tyre warmers, so to bring the tires in the right window is very complex, but I would say especially the software of these cars are the key. Let's say there's a lot of very clever systems on these cars to help us drive these cars, let's say, because they are very, very peaky, very challenging to drive. 
But when these systems aren't set up correctly, the car feels horrible, to be honest. So it's important to, to actually have a good team behind you. But us as drivers, we have to, we have to guide the team to give you the right tools as well. So it's, I feel like Formula E is, is very important to have experience because you can just make such a big difference if you understand the cars, if you understand the tools that you have available, the software systems, um, if you're, yeah, if you're able to, to, to get it a bit better than, than your competitor, then, um, yeah, it, it can be a big benefit. So it sounds as if you have to be in some ways a leader as a driver, but also be very collaborative with your team. Is that, is that how it feels for you? Yeah, definitely. I mean, now I've been, you know, I've been in Formula E for four years. It's my fifth season now. And I just remember when I first turned up in Formula E, I was experienced as well, but I came from Formula One and I was experienced in a different way, but I knew nothing about Formula E. And um, now I've built, you know, four years of experience in, in Formula E and, and that definitely, you know, helps myself as a driver to know what I, what I need from the car and how I can drive this car the most efficient. But I also feel 100% that I need to push the team in, in certain areas to, or, you know, to guide them to where to put their focus, let's say. And I think that's what the teams, ultimately, they look for that as well. They want the best drivers. They want, you know, the quickest ones, but they also want the ones that they can develop their car with. And I guess when you have the, uh, the world champion tag, that gives you an extra bit of uh, sort of clout, if you like, when, you, when you're in uh, team meetings. It, it always helps. But, uh, you know, motorsport is a funny, it's a funny sport. You win the world championship one year and there's no guarantee you're going to win it the next year. So you constantly have to prove yourself. It's not because I've won a world championship now that I, I can back it off and, and just uh, sit back and relax. Uh, contrary, I feel, you know, I feel like I have to, you know, put even more effort in now to, to try and retain that and to, yeah, to keep up the level of performance. And of course, this year with the Gen 3 car introduced and ABB's charging partner, Hank Cooper's tire partner, so much has changed. So many team driver combinations have changed like yourself. In a way, everything you thought you had before has changed so i guess you're having to completely reset a lot of your approach for this season yeah definitely it's um it's a big change not only for for myself but for everyone on the grid because of uh, the new gen 3 cars but for me yeah changing team first of all is a um, is a big uh, big challenge because you get used to work in an environment and and used to the people you're working with and suddenly that's all changing for me um so that you know that takes naturally a little bit of time in the beginning to get used to but so far you know i've settled in very well and and really feeling at home with the team so that's uh, that's good and then yeah there's the cars you know a lot more power different tires as well which is probably the most complex part about uh, about this new car a uh, couple of new systems on the car we've got now a motor at the front axle actually of, of the chassis which is giving us a lot more region power so last year we had 250 kilowatts of region now we have 600 kilowatts so it makes this car extremely efficient under under braking in terms of the amount of energy we can put back in the battery you mentioned the extra power of the gen 3 cars watching from trackside they look like quite a handful as well they look like you're having to use a lot of skill to get them around a fast lap how does it feel from the cockpit yeah it's it's definitely the most challenging car because we've got more power than than last year but at the same time the tires change and they've got a bit less grip so more power, less grip is not necessarily the, the right combination you're looking for, but you know, they're very peaky, very challenging. And I think you can see that from trackside as well, that, you know, they, they look challenging to drive. Um, but it's, it's nice, you know, it's part of the game. It's the same for everybody. And in the end, we have to try and do a better job than the other. So, uh, yeah, we'll see how, uh, how we go. Just to give the listeners again, some, some indication, these cars are capable of doing 
easily more than 300 kph on the straight 200 miles an hour so that's you know it's a pretty fast racing car now it gets very quick and you know we've we've been to to mexico now which is a kind of a semi street circuit but i'm really looking forward to see you know the cars on 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 the real street circuits like saudi rome where the walls are extremely close you know i think that'll be a a big big challenge but i'm i'm looking forward to that one more question um i should ask you what's it like being a, uh within an electric racing championship in terms of what it says about e-mobility and the the ev transition we see in the wider world moving away from combustion vehicles to battery powered cars well, it's it's great to be part of that and you know what is great to see is that you know with ds for example the team that i'm that i'm racing for they're going fully electric in 2024 so all the technology that we are developing in in formula e is kind of directly transferred into their road cars so we're kind of a, a testing ground for for that let's say so it's great to be part of that and it's great to see that technology transfer between racing and the road and then you know there's obviously the the bigger environmental picture of formula e that is uh, all about ev uh, sustainability so i feel you know this championship is different than than other championships and just on that point abb formula e has obviously come a very long way since those uh, gen 1 cars which wouldn't even last a race distance how far do you see this championship going can you see like a gen 4 with even more powerful cars what what do you, what do you foresee it's very hard to know what the future is going to look like but i feel like there's there's huge potential with these cars i mean personally i would like to see the cars go a bit quicker which i feel like at the moment is not that hard to do um there's you know a couple of little tweaks that the the cars can can become even more powerful can have a bit more grip and can can have great racing and i think that will help to you know to boost the championship a little bit as well to really show the performance of electric cars really what they can do because at the moment people are a little bit skeptical about electric cars but every time or almost every time that someone tries an electric vehicle they say wow this is really nice and i think it's just a perception change that we need to try and uh, try and get and obviously the championship in a way is at the heart of trying to make that connection or shift those perceptions yeah i mean we, we are at the moment you know but uh if we push the technology even further and and show um how quick these cars can go then maybe people will change their mind that's notion of racing with a purpose has always been at the heart of abb formula e and perhaps it's an idea worth keeping in mind when you next watch van dorn and his fellow aces going wheel to wheel at 300 kilometers per hour as they compete for this year's world title it's more than a race abb will be covering season 9 of the world championship on its social media channels throughout the year and you can find the latest abb formula e news on new.abb.com which is also a window into the wide world of abb And if you've enjoyed this episode of ABB Decoded, don't forget to like, share and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Until next time. <laughs>